Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yellowstone Season 2, Episodes 2 and 3 are over, so we're just getting started over your post-show recaps. Hello, my friends. Welcome back. It is I, Rich Filiberto, GM Philly, out here on the internet. Back again with you to talk Yellowstone. I, of course, am not alone. I am joined by the number one wrangler on the ranch, Grace Leader. How are you, Grace? Good. Where you been? Uh, yeah. Out on the plane. <laughs> He's been trying, I've been trying to run for attorney general, but I, I stopped my campaign. So oh, okay. I got bad news for you. I found an alternative candidate. So oh. you're going to have to like rethink your entire process. That's no, I already dropped out. Already oh, dropped good. Out. Yeah. Convenient. Let's have dinner. And then I'm here for dinner. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Let's have dinner. Uh, yeah. So episodes two and three, new beginnings in the reek of desperation. Mm-hmm. Um, what'd you think? We got a double whammy this week. How are you feeling about it? Yeah, I mean, I think my first instinct is I think both episodes were really good, and I think they end in a really interesting spot. CBS is doing this, you know, interesting thing where I was looking at the schedule for next week, and it looked like there was going to be three episodes, but now I think it's one because they're going to start airing Lawman, the Bass Reeves story. 
But nevertheless, I feel like sometimes like it works in their favor. I feel like this is a really good place to like end a week of TV. Um, maybe like I think the, the ending of episode three is better than maybe the end of, end of ending of episode two. The ending of episode two is like Casey being surprised to see his son at a pool. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> they kind of live near you, man. I don't know. Uh, whereas like episode three is like um, the fam, like all three kids back under the roof and then him being like, God damn, you left me. Like, I think it's like such an interest. Like he has basically what he wants, right? He says he keeps the table to make sure that like, there's always a yep. place and everybody comes back and then he like leaves and he's like upset at his dead wife, I think. So I don't know. I just really liked, um, I like them both in totality. I think it ends in a, in an interesting place to set up for another week of Yellowstone next week. So. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more after watching both of these. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a much better cliffhanger than episode two. <laughs> that being said, I think my take overall is like uh, season two, it really feels like they're finding their balance. Yeah. Um, some of the stuff that like I was really critical of during season one and in a fun way. But I talk about how just insanely over the top Casey's life is as they're going through all these experiences. And I like that we're in a bit more of a subdued place, right? Uh, the tension that we get in these couple of episodes is much it feels much more realistic. It is less like bombastic and gigantic. And we're really digging into the political stuff, which I know is intriguing to both of us and to the family dynamics, which I think is like the heart and soul of what makes the show work. Right. Um, so yeah, I got a couple of like long short recaps that I'll break down and then we can talk through it. What do you say? Let's do it. Okay, let's do it. Episode two, New Beginnings. John is released from the hospital and chastised for his cavalier attitude. Beth is moving forward with the real estate acquisitions, and Monica begins her tenure at the university with a lecture on power and how it's wielded over the disenfranchised. Rip's frustrations with Walker are rising as the younger man disparages the Yellowstone Ranch and talks about leaving. The pair get into a fight, and Walker pulls a knife on him. He rides off, but Rip promises wherever he goes, he will find him. Uh, John and Casey, meanwhile, while Spot Walker trying to leave the ranch. John explains that he runs the place, gets Walker to head back to the bunkhouse before taking Casey inside to sign some paperwork, making him an official livestock agent. Casey gets his older brother's badge, and John tasks him with setting the bunkhouse right. They discuss Monica and Tate before John tells him he needs to run the ranch in a fair and honest way, like Lee did before he died. Uh, John goes to meet with Rip and explains he's the only one here who does not benefit from John's death. Rip agrees he's always going to do what John needs him to, and John says that Casey needs to learn how to run this place and can't do it while he lives with the men. Rip moves out of his house and into the bunkhouse with the ranchers while Casey takes his old place. Uh, John, meanwhile, encouraging Casey to assert himself over Rip, earns the respect of the ranchers as they head out to the drive that day. Rip runs down Walker and knocks him into a tree, telling him if he's not dead already, he's about to be. When Casey confronts him and Rip says he needed an excuse and now he has one the pair will settle it in front of everybody fighting with all the ranchers watching on and as john watches from the fence line he tells them this needs to happen and they should not break it up with both men bloodied rip tells casey to lay him out and the young dutton obliges as casey explains that there's no fighting on the ranch unless they want to fight him 
Uh, Rip and Beth sit out on a field and discuss the sacrifice of being on the ranch. She remembers the first time she met him and his devotion to John, saying that she worried John would love him more someday. Rip says this is his family, whether they think of him that way or not. Monica, meanwhile, filling out paperwork for new housing through the school. Her father notes that she married Casey in ceremony, and the pair will be bound together in their afterlife, as he encourages her to figure out their relationship so she's not miserable through eternity. Meanwhile, Beth finds Casey at Rip's old place and chastises him for kicking Rip out of the only home he's ever known, while Casey calls him a bully. But Beth retorts that he's exactly what their father made him, and that this is what John is doing to Casey now. Noting that Monica fears that he'll be like John, uh, she says she's protecting the ranch, and that he will only end up in prison and losing it all, imploring him to go home and stay far away from their father, promising that when John dies, she'll give it all to him. John goes to the rehab at the pool and gets quite petulant about it before he spots Monica and Tate there. That is episode two. Episode three, The Reek of Desperation. John and Casey discuss where the herd should go. John testing his son about his instincts. Rip gives Casey a talking to about inviting too many questions from the Wranglers. And Casey tries to explain to Lloyd that he just wants to do it different, with Lloyd saying... Different simply never works here. Thomas and Dan, meanwhile, meet for a photo op around the funding for the casino project being approved. The governor meets with Jamie and explains that he now has competition in the race. They see his opponent literally using his speech, and Linnell discusses the difference between running for office and holding it before bringing him into a meeting with Thomas Rainwater, who offers him a secure platform and a built-in constituency to win this race. Casey, meanwhile, comes into the livestock office, and they they begin the process of formalizing his position. John says that to take his position in 15 years, Casey will need training at the police academy. And Casey says he does not want John's job. But John says that this office is how they protect the ranch and every other one like it. They radio in a background check on him and it comes up clean. He tells John he doesn't think he'll pass a psych evaluation before he leaves to go see Monica, finding her and Tate at their new apartment. He tells her she's his only friend, and she explains that she's supposed to fight for the life that he wants. But Tate interrupts the pair as they begin to argue. John, meanwhile, goes to meet Governor Linnell in a bar, and they reminisce before they discuss the attorney general race. She says Jamie was a convenient way to serve both their needs. But John says that he's driven by approval, and once he has the position, they can't control him any longer. He's certain he can get Jamie to step down, but he needs her not to fight him on it telling her that she got in the middle of family and she explains that they are people who don't have families. They have employees they're related to noting that he doesn't talk to his kids about their fears and their dreams. Beth meanwhile finds Rip doing the same work that he was the first time she met him. And she says that he let Casey win and she's disappointed. She tells him that there's other ranches, but he says there are not for him and seems content with the majesty of the place and the simplicity of his work. Jimmy, meanwhile, runs into some old acquaintances at the ag store who menace him a bit before he smashes one in the face with a bag of chains. They follow him to the truck, but Avery manages to bear spray them and drives off. Monica, working with her physical therapist, seems to be developing a bond, but she asserts that she is married and unavailable. And Dan, as he examines the scars from his hanging and a model of the casino project, is introduced to a new character, Malcolm Beck, played by Neil McDonough, as he shows up with his brother, applauding 
Dan's plan, but warning that Thomas has deeper agenda at play, speculating that Thomas will cancel the construction to keep the land once the reservation is annexed. It. Dan retorts aggressively, calling them redneck bullies, but they note that Malcolm is the head of the Montana Liquor Board, and he'll never get forward with any of this unless he finds a way to extricate himself from Thomas Rainwater. Uh, Jamie, meanwhile, is struggling with this issue, saying he can't have his campaign financed by his father's enemies. Christina notes this is the tip of the iceberg, and that if he's conflicted now, he'd best take stock of himself. Ultimately, Jamie, going to his sister for guidance, will pull out of the race, Christina throwing him out of the house for doing so. And as John, Beth, and Casey try to have dinner again, while John is frightened by the octopus, he makes the effort to ask them how their day was. Jamie shows up, noting that he's withdrawn from the race, and John asks if he's hungry while Beth makes him a plate. Casey naively questioning where he's been as Beth breaks into hysterical laughter, and John can only get up and leave his children to go cry outside the house. That was a lot of talking, Grace, but those are two episodes of Yellowstone. Yeah, where should we start? Uh, I don't know. Where do you want to start? You want to start at the end as we like to? You want to talk about this like final dinner and the scary octopus? Yeah. Uh, I had some delicious octopus recently. So I'm, I'm a fan. Um, but I'm Italian. Yeah. I love an uh, octopus, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. So he's, you know, everybody's, everybody's back. Uh, I really like the through line in these two episodes of everything between Rip and Casey. Um, and then, uh, the best stuff I think is, is good. And I feel like this is, I'm the happiest with, you know, I've said this about Casey last week that I think it is interesting to think about a guy who wants to do well and his father wants him to be closer. And the more he's with his father, the more he becomes someone he doesn't want to be. Meanwhile, I'm like so stoked that Jamie's back because I just feel like the run for office has thus far been not interesting at all. So the fact that he is basically back under, um, you know, having dinner. And I love I, the relationship between Beth and Jamie is pretty funny as like Beth gives him a pretty like stern like, listen, you're not cut out to be a politician. Like you don't even want to be a politician. Like they are bad people. Uh, they don't even know they're narcissists and they are. And you're not that, which is kind of sweet. And then like Casey being like, where you been? And Beth can't help, but just like have such a giggle fit at the idea that like he tried to break out on his own. So yeah, the end is, I think is very good. While you also have this like John Dunn being like, God damn you for leaving me blind. Yeah, I really love, uh, you know, the whole John Linnell relationship. We're getting a little more insight there and that connection that they have. She challenges him like, we don't have families. We have employees who are related to us. When's the last time you talked to any of these people about their lives? And the fact that that impacts him, right? And he tries to have this moment as his son walks in. He's so kind of nonplussed about Jamie coming back. They don't make a big deal about it at all. Sure, have a seat. Beth dropping the like octopus tentacle on the plate is very, very very funny right but the fact that like she just explodes about the absurdity of it all i mean i've been pretty open about how i really like beth as a character because she's the one who points out the things that these these tough stoic men won't acknowledge grace the reality that exists around them is often pointed out by beth and in, in a really fun kind of way and the fact that john just like can't handle the truth of the situation which is that this is a completely dysfunctional family and that like everything linnell said was right his feeble efforts to connect with these children as his children as like human beings who he cares about beyond the status of the ranch is like such a failure and then like 
Casey being oblivious to like everything that's been happening with Jamie is like quietly one of my favorite things about the show so far. Right. I think it really like characterizes why part of why Casey's not cut out for all of this. Right. As like, I've talked so much about him being involved in this crazy over the top violence. Grace seemingly his record has been cleaned. He's got the clean police record, but ultimately Beth gives him the what for of like, you can't protect this place. You're going to kill somebody. You're going to end up in jail. You're going to lose it all. Like, please just get out of the way until dad's dead. And I can just give it to you. Um, that was like a really resonant idea. Yeah, it's funny because I, I do think that that is the right read. I also think it's like it does just seem like both of them may be making fun of Jamie. Like that was a bit of my my initial read on um on where have you been? It's just like completely like them both being like a-holes, you know, of like that totally tracks. But I, I guess I just had the very like the way that he does the line read. I just take it as that like he totally <laughs> It's like over his head. He's so involved and so like wrapped up in his own lamentations about the loss of his wife and his like mm -hmm. desperation to get back together with his family. He's like is getting all caught up in like John maneuvering him now. They just went and hung Dan Jenkins. They let the bull go in the bar, you know. He's like not even aware that this is happening. It's kind of <laughs> I think it's kind of fun that it, it literally could be both. And I think both are like perfectly fine reads because one is you're probably right because I think that your interpretation is much more like Casey than than mine. Um, but the way I feel like mine is the read is that like these siblings just can't help but like they're siblings, right? They just can't help but like needle each other. The idea that like sure. he knows he was running for government and he sits down, he's like, "Where you been?" is like it's so dismissive of like what he's been doing. And then and then uh, uh, Beth's just laughing. But either way, it's it's very funny. It's yeah. big succession energy. You know, I know you're like such an enormous mm -hmm. fan of that show as mm -hmm. am I. I think it's a really like exceptional piece of television, but you have like so many of the same family dynamics, right? And we've right. talked about that a lot, but the two, like the two sons, the daughter being the one that's like more comfortable to needle because she's so like automatically kind of disenfranchised from any of this, that she's uh -huh. like more acutely aware of the reality they exist in and a little bit more comfortable addressing it like very uh -huh. directly. It while they're trying to kind of like hide from the truth of it all, I thought really worked. Um, you talk about like the Casey and Rip conflict and, and that worked yeah. for you. I think in a lot of ways, yeah. like it feels forced, but it's supposed to feel forced, right? Um, and I just love the way that it draws best to kind of attack Casey and be like, you took the only home that this man has ever known, right? Like he is like this because our father made him like this. So do not for an instant, like accuse him of just being this reckless bully as though that's like just who he is. Right. I thought that was really, really interesting. Yeah. I mean, you said it's like, you know, it's like a simple, I mean, you said this about the Taylor Sheridan. It's like, I like simple stories. This to me is like a super simple story of Rip being, I mean, it's a, you know, a pretty unusual thing to happen but rip you know um being taken in by john dutton as a as a kid and being raised and then now this idea that you know um he's like i, the, I love the line of like i don't know what you see in him and he's like he's my son that's what i see um i think that that is so strong it's so it's so good and then creating this tension between these two people and i think what i really like is that at least not immediately rip is not willing to sort of like you know, fight John on it. He, he like is a little bit, he's trying to push and John's just going to be like, no nah, man, that's my son. And so Rip seemed like purposely losing the fight, uh, my, or at least like yeah, pushing no. Casey to, to like finish it. Like, you know, don't, don't let down. And then also like the tension about how to move the cattle, um, I think is all 
like so strong. It's like rip. Like it's, yeah, it's exactly like when somebody gets a promotion who you don't think deserves it. Right. It's like, I deserve it. And you only get it. Cause you're a Nepo baby Casey. Um, but he like to say any of that, like he has to be so careful about how he says it and how he goes about it. Cause he knows what his, what John Dutton, I was about to say his father, it's not his father, uh, what John Dutton will do to men who like, you know, and he's, and I love Rip also having to deal with this from Walker at the same time and yeah. them fighting and Walker willing to leave. It's so, it, I, because what, what, like Rip knows if he acts like Walker, he'll get exactly what Rip is trying to do to Walker. Like, I think it's like really, really well written and really fun. It's really compelling. Yeah. I, I mean, we got the rip flashback and so we have some context. The flashbacks are a thing on Yellowstone, right? They will, we will see more of them again. They're going to turn back up, but I do love the way that we're reinforcing that. Like these people all grew up together to a degree that's right. talking about, like, I remember the first time I met you, you were so angry and filled with so much pain. It was so beautiful. Uh, the dysfunction of like that kind of perspective, I think is really insightful for her as a character, right? She sees somebody else who's like as angry at the world as she is and everything you're talking about with rip and john i think is extraordinary john going to rip like in many ways you're the only person i can trust because you don't stand to gain anything from my death right this notion that it is the succession dynamic all of these kids are going to become wealthy they're going to become landowners they're going to become more prominent people i think in a character like jamie you can easily see that this guy wants to get out of his father's shadow that's part of what the whole attorney general general race is and that someday his father will be gone and that he will be able to stand on his own two feet but for, for rip he is like uh you know if all of these people are planets that are orbiting around the sun that is john dutton rips mercury he's like the closest one to all of them because due to the disconnection and the lack of a family bond he's involved he's more in the know than all of these kids in many many ways right um the fact that like he went and recruited walker at a prison he's getting these people who again are like disenfranchised and outside the kind of mainstream status quo people that you can exploit more easily in, in a character like walker who's an ex-con and the fact that like walker is finding his footing that scene with walker and john and casey as walker's getting ready to leave and he's like i just want to be a cowboy and casey trying to be like that's all we need from you he's like that's not what you wanted last night man when we like let a bull go in the bar and like it to beat the snot out of a bunch of men like that's not what i'm here to do and and casey like yearning to do something different but being told like nah man different doesn't work here you know like yeah. this is not a place of innovation this is not like an industry where we're looking for change you gotta repeat the pattern i think it's all really i love that stuff. from lloyd I yeah. lo it's like no not different man different doesn't work uh i think it's so is so good and so you can see these ways in which casey is trying to like maintain this like you know, the part of him that he became when he was able to leave. Um, and I mean, I guess he also did murder a lot of people while he was away, but now that yeah. he's come back, you know, sure. yeah. But now that he's come back, he's like trying to maintain some of that. And it's like, this is not the place to do that. This is why your dad brought you back is so that you will be the exact person your dad needs you to be, you know? So yep. it's million pretty percent. good. Yeah. Um, good, good line from Sam, Sam Elliott. Uh, yeah, from not Sam Elliott. I really love Lloyd. Lloyd's like a lot of these ranch and side characters, they become a little bit more prominent. But like the Lloyds and the Jibbies and the Averys, some of those ranchers are like some of my favorite scenes week to week in Yellowstone. I just have so much fun with them. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I think so far the bunkhouse stuff for the most part is better than it was in season one to me. Um, We get a Jimmy storyline in one of the episodes where he's got these old buddies that he owes money and they want him to buy. um, Is it ammonium? What does he, what are they trying to do? Yeah, it's ammonia. They want him to buy like, you know, stuff for their meth lab. Basically we're in Heisenberg territory. And he's like, no, I don't love the idea for Jim. I really hate it that Jimmy doesn't just tell Lloyd what happened. Um, because I feel like he's like, he's got the, he's got the brand, like they're not going to not have his back. Like you just saw what they did to the guys who like beat you up in the bar. I'm pretty sure these like meth heads, I guess maybe he doesn't want the meth heads to be killed. I guess. Is that the, like, I think that that's part of it. I think that like, that's part of my read is that Jimmy is, it realizes that these people will like rally to his defense and he's afraid of what that's going to look like. Like he doesn't want to be responsible for however this may play out, you know? Right. Right. So yeah, but at least that's something. And like, the bear spray going off and like, yeah, the, the truck be and just constantly people being like thinking Jimmy is like smartened up. And then he returns back with a Yellowstone truck. That's like kind of <laughs> and it smells like bear spray. And he's, they're like, come on, man. All right. Well, I'll make sure it's, you know, cleaned out, you know, kind of something for Jimmy. Yeah. I really, I like this kind of conflict. It just felt so feels more authentic. Right. Yeah. Like I could suspend my disbelief watching this show is like hikers are falling off cliffs and rips shooting down bears all of it but i just feel like they've ironed out a lot of like the incongruous kind of like jumps that they've made in season one you know i made like a big deal of that scene where like rip just rides up to casey to feel that they just fight like for the sake of 
fighting yeah. craze. Like this was so much better. And I'm with you where I think that the bunkhouse stuff, it's becoming more relevant as we're dealing with like rip moving into the bunkhouse. And right. The implications of all that are really interesting. Right. But I do love like Jimmy's past coming back to haunt them. And the fact that like Avery like saves his ass and that he's kind of like crying at her about it. I'm like, Oh my God, what'd you do? But uh, she's like quick thinking she's got her stuff together. She's like super, super capable rancher, you know? Yeah. She's uh, been more interesting. And I, I do feel like they've toned down the like stuff that I did not like when she was introduced. Um, I th- and I think you put it the best is that like, it felt like uh, a female empowerment character written by a man. Um, yes. And so yeah. I feel like she's, she's much better. Uh, uh, she's been much better written in season two than she was introduced at the end of season one. Yeah, we'll be talking about them more. Uh, Jimmy's whole like, I don't know how to swim. <laughs> That's pretty good. Which with yeah, which way to go? Like, I can, I think he said no. It's not even. I don't know how to swim. He says I don't know how to swim yet, which implies he. <laughs> <laughs> he shall be learning how to swim, which is very funny. It's like that, like trying to lessen his incompetence. I'd be like, I just don't know how to swim yet. That's very funny. I'm going to say that anytime like my boss is like, do you know how to do this? Thing? I'm like, I don't know how to do that I yet. I don't know how to be a rancher yet. yet. I, I just love the dynamic between Rip and Jimmy is like eternally funny to me. Of like, mm-hmm. shut the F up, Jimmy. <laughs> like, it's so, so good. The ridiculousness of these two. Do we want to um, stick on the rant? Because we get, we get Walker quitting. Yes. Uh, until... Dutton says John and, and Casey say like you only listen to us too nobody else matters in which Rip comes back and is pretty furious he's back in the, the bunk goes this is a bad shouldn't John have been like okay you could go back but just let me talk to Rip first you know I feel like there's such bad to just be like just go back to the bunkhouse you know yeah, oh, it's bad. definitely like a pretty cavalier move of like don't even sweat it. But John, to his credit, does realize like, oh man, we got a problem. <laughs> you know, we gotta like reconfigure the personnel here a little bit to like get you in a position th- to like run this place, Casey. You know, but yes, like clear oversight. I, I, I the Walker thing is really. Uh, you know, Walker was not a character that leapt out to me as much on my first watches, but I'm really liking it a lot this time as the foil of like, especially because we talked about it, I think, last week, this notion that this guy's an ex-con. He's one of the few people here who understands like the weight of implication of your choices, yeah. right? When yeah. we make decisions, it's really easy to divorce ourselves of whatever the result is going to be when the result is like months out or may never come. And and there's so much of the notion that John and the Dutton family and frankly, like every branded person here on the Yellowstone they're able to get away with literal murder right like they they're literally do whatever they want there's no recourse they have absolute power all of these kids are like nepo babies in the extreme and walker having concerns about his future uh it like really works he's got the one great line too of like you can love a thing for your entire life and it just takes one guy to ruin it in an instant like Good. oh my god that's too true sometimes also like almost like that man is a songwriter yeah <laughs> you're right? songwriter yeah it's really good yeah yep. um uh, yeah can i tell you this is a random aside but i had uh, the best idea for a country song at, which is uh about a man whose wife is cheating on him and should be called get your affair in order isn't that get good? your affair in order right you get, get your affairs in order, in order. Right? isn't that good isn't that a good yeah. somebody could take that if you want it's it yeah, really that. good we should yeah. uh brainstorm it i mean we yeah. do a lot of recording anyway we've yeah, got i'll get tr- i'll get dj about klein on get your this hit single get your affair in order <laughs> Yeah, we just need DJ LaBelle Klein to get like the backing track. Is it better us, if it, you know? okay, hold on. Is it better if it's like they have, she has multiple affairs? So let's get your affairs in order because that's the real like 
that's the idiom, right? Get your affairs. Yeah, right? I think you got to put the ass. I think it's better if yeah, it's okay. pluralized because then there's like multiple and verses. And just a chronic right? cheater. Yeah, yeah right. every okay. verse right. could be about a different affair. You could be talking right. about all kinds of nonsense. It's a good one. That's a good I one. grew up with somebody who actually is like a legit famous country music star, at least in Canada. So I might have to just like send him that in a message. Being like, hey, song title. Here you go. Um, Yeah. Anyway, sorry to derail the yellow. No, 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 please. My, yeah, my, no. Song title. Yeah. I love getting derailed. Uh, we know what happens when we take the train on Yellowstone. No. So, <laughs> um, I want to talk about Dan and Thomas a little bit. I know yeah. that like we love our Gil Birmingham. We love our yeah. Daddy Hudson. This is uh, this whole like storyline coming to fruition. And then we meet these new characters. I love Neil McDonough. Like, yeah, probably... that dude has evil eyes. I feel like uh, he just gets to play the bad guy in a lot of stuff. He does. Uh, he does. He shows up in like a lot of TV as this bad guy. But so him and his brother, the Beck brothers, are going to roll in as like these additional players in the like Montana real estate, big money political scene. And they kind of explain the what for uh, to Dan in terms of like, yeah, we know of John Dutton and we've never stepped in his lane and he doesn't come in ours. That's what Montana's all about, buddy. Big open spaces and like you, you pick yours and stay at everybody else's, right? But now you Dan Jenkins have stepped in our lane. And so you're going to reconfigure everything. But I love the way that like they give him the, you can't trust Thomas. He's going to steal everything from you. This is how we would do it. If we were going to steal from you. And and then Dan has his moment, Grace. He's sick of these freaking bullies and he's going to stand up to them. And they're like, all right, bro, we're just never going to give you a liquor license. So figure it out. <laughs> I really, really love it. I also really appreciate that. Like he's got a scar from the hanging. It's like small details like that yeah. make the difference for me. Yeah. If he's not going to be dead, at least have us have a scar. Um, I like these people. I presume that like, I don't know that you put Neil McDonough in your show, not to be a bit of a like uh, antagonist to a degree. I believe he's a uh, prominently featured in other shows being covered uh, daily here on post recaps uh, in suits. Um, so I, yeah, I definitely feel like uh he feels like he's going to cause a lot of trouble. He says he stays out of John Dutton's way. I don't know if that's true as like, he's like messing, like, you know, I guess he's like preventing Dan. So that's a thing that probably the Duttons would like, but if they're not really like, you know, for, like if he goes to anything, he's like, yeah, well, Hey, we stopped the, like, you know, the hotel from getting a liquor license or whatever. But, um, I don't know. I, I like him a lot. I don't, I, I thought, I thought he was like entrance here is like pretty, like it's pretty captivating, I think, to degree mm -hmm. to just be this sort of like wild card in the mix of like you kind of expect in a traditional show that like Dan Jenkins gets foiled by um by John and not yeah. necessarily by some random dude who shows up in the middle. But I kind of do think it's interesting. And in terms of like the tenor of the season, I'm always interested in this. I talked about how like I think season one was good, but never capped like you know, delivered a little bit on the themes at the beginning that I thought were going to be like hyper present, which is like the external threats to John. And what's interesting is that as we're moving along in season two, the external threats to John are actually don't seem like threats at all, which actually does not make me not scared of them. It actually makes me think, how did they get out of that mess to become yeah. a, more, more of a threat? Right. Because they, this, this guy shows up, uh, the Beck brothers, they're going to, they're, they're kind of like in the way of Dan. And then Jamie is not going to take the money from, from Thomas and not be able to like Thomas have the access to the attorney general. So like the fact that their sides are like not having like these like huge wins actually makes me like, it's too early for them to like, for that to be the story. I think anyway, like, I think they have to like bounce back 
before they're gonna like have a face off with with John, I think. But yeah, that's I know you uh, can't really speculate, <laughs> but like yeah. Anyway, yeah. no, I think it's a, I think it's an interesting read, right? I see totally where you're going. You watch a lot of TV. You're a discerning viewer, Grace. You know, um, you know what? I, I actually get a lot of this stuff from like pro wrestling, where it's like you know, oh, if sure. you lose at this point in the like whatever. It's like well, there's more to the story, you know. So it's yep. like actually like you got to get your win back to a degree. That's why I feel like I'm feeling for thomas and dan at the moment like they've got a lot of losses in their belt uh so far this season they do things are not going great but then again they did get like their funding right like they they seem to be coming together here i i you know i love the introduction of these guys as more of like the you know hard-boiled like montana old school mentality right these like power players that are a little bit like contemptuous of dan for bringing his california money well it's it's a a tough balance to find in a show where you want to world build and think there has to like so i was thinking about this with like jimmy that it seems silly that we, we almost know like so little about any of the ranchers right and that like nothing in their life would ever um implicate anything to do with the the ranch right yeah but on the other hand like you can only do so much of that. Like that's not what the show is about. Right. So then this piece too, of like what else is happening in Montana is pretty interesting to think about. Like you want a world build, but not to the degree that like you just have so much that like game of Thrones. That's like a little bit of what like the books became so like famous for. Right. Is that like every little detail of everything in the whole world was like laid out for you to, in a way that like, it's kind of like a miracle that that ever worked on that, on that TV show. Right. That like, people were like there's like yeah every character in the book is like at this feast or whatever you know those books were out for a long time before they got as popular as they did right and like the fact of the matter is that when you go that deep into detail and context it's really easy to spiral out of control as you're trying to like world build Uh, i very notoriously am like a huge wheel of time fan and there's this section of books referred to as the slog and like that's what happens right it's this introduction of all these peripheral characters that are getting like further and further and further the removed from your main ensemble and right. it offers you this great depth of context for the world that the story transpires in but it does get away from the actual focus much like i am doing right now uh and so yeah. i brought it up so i'm just no no a, I so I, i'm intrigued it. by these characters it's just i'm interested in where their like placement is in the in the show and the, the world you know yeah same vibes right i just think that it's great when you have a, a more complex formula like agitating all your ingredients in, in this recipe right and by introducing a couple of new players i think that it broadens the world in an authentic way you always run the risk when you're like doing a television show of like shrinking the world too much where it just becomes about these central people that are involved in the story week to week and it gets like really hard to introduce new players so i like the dynamic of like a wrinkle for dan i like dan like finding his backbone and then just getting kind of like smacked back down all over again like dan really is like uh charlie brown with the football in yellowstone up to this point grace like every time he thinks he's like going to like make contact this thing gets pulled right out of the way um monica let's talk about monica a little bit as we get a little bit of forward motion for her she's still dealing with like the rehab obviously she has this meaningful conversation with her father about how the fact that like she was married under ceremony presumably tribal ceremony her like indigenous kind of uh, religious culture such that jamie and her or, sorry casey and she are bound through eternity that he's going to be her husband in the afterlife and you better like set this right but meanwhile this whole new world is open to her in terms of the university right she gives a pretty powerful opening lecture uh cutting down on columbus and really talking about like the history of her people and the history Mm -hmm. 
colonization here in North America. She challenges this real like frat boy, quintessential like knucklehead of a student. Um, and ultimately, like she gets the reunion with Casey, but it's pretty fraught and tense and uncomfortable. Yeah, I really like the lecture. I also like that the way she frames and this again, this is the thing I like. I'm really going to credit the show for it because you have these people who like I, I, I think we were joking about this not not uh, on pod at any point. But the idea that Yellowstone actually isn't as right wing as people think it is um, and actually that it's like a little bit more like it one. I think it's more like trying to be realist than ideological. It's yes. like so um, I think that's fair. Yeah. And so this. um the senior, I think I give a lot of credit for the show to basically, you know, let Monica basically give a lecture about indigenous history, about um, Native American history. And I really, I do like the framing and like, uh, you know, I don't know if all indigenous peoples would like think because it's a little bit of like, it's your problem too. But the way she's like, you're victims of capitalism, colonialism. Um, we all are. Yes. We all are. Which is like, is is a really like, that's cool that that's in the show, I think. Um, and so, yeah, I just thought that that was really interesting. One thing I, I love the opening scene of episode two um, because I love that my doctor boy is back. I don't can't remember his name, the actor's name, but the doctor who's like, come on, man, you don't listen to any of my advice. And then I was like, he wanted to do water aerobics. Like what a weird, like prescription for like exercise prescription to provide it. And then the end of the episode, being like Monica and John are both doing water aerobics. That's the only reason he got prescribed water aerobics, right? Is so that we can have a scene somehow where Monica and John run into each well, other at the same place. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Is the answer. Yes. But it's also a little bit because like we're showing how petulant John is, right? Like right. John is also for, yeah, as funny. much as like he is this Titan, of his industry and he is yeah. this respected man and this power player in the state of Montana. He's a petulant little child. Like, we could have done this and, not at water aerobics, right? Like it does make sense that like he, she's at water because she's like trying to get like feeling in her, right? She's like, it's like, yes. <laughs> it's like you have, would he have an ulcer? It's like water aerobics. I'm like, I don't know if that's like well, they did cut him open, right? I, that's presumably uh -huh. what I'm like uh -huh. going for that. He's like rehabbing more like the surgical wound <laughs> than the actual injury of the the ulcer but it's yes totally like, fine it's just like hilarious that they're like how do we get all these people in the same place i, I, I know really water aerobics <laughs> i love kevin coster as somebody that is like unironically a huge fan of water world kevin coster <laughs> on his little paddleboard <laughs> getting mad at the physical therapist of like you're backing up you're backing up stop moving he's like getting so angry i think that it's like mirrored again in like the octopus of like john's a guy who's been able to like do it his way for a really long time and mm -hmm. anybody else that's like pushing him to like do something different try something different consider an alternative perspective like he just he doesn't want to have it right he's a man like set in his ways old dog new tricks and to the monica point of it we did talk about i think yellowstone gets like unfairly painted as a like conservative or a more like right-wing show and i don't think it is that at all i talked about this a bunch with josh when i joined him for some of the coverage last year but i think that like pretty consistently Yellowstone's trying to like offer alternative perspective, right? And I think that there's like so much sort of um uh cynicism in terms of like politics and media and like perspectives that are being presented, like get woke, go broke is a thing that a lot of people are out there saying. But then I think that just because the show like skews a little older and is like espousing the ideals of a community that lives in a more agricultural rural environment and has these like champion conservative characters in it, it gets lambasted in that way. But that's not all that it is, right? I think it's exploring issues that are a fun 
fundamental part of big business in rural America. And this is part of like what is so wild about the American experiment. Like it is a huge country with an incredible disparity and divergence of cultures. And I don't mean cultures that came out in to the u.s i mean like the homegrown cultures of the united states right like the southwest is so different from the northeast and the, and the southeast so different from the northwest and like there's a lot of diversity of perspective and opinion and i love that yellowstone does stuff like this that we get our thomas rainwaters lamenting the plight of the native american people that you have a monica who's going to like cut columbus down to size and talk about the ills of capitalism in the modern age i think that it's got some really interesting commentary for the folks that are willing to like slow down and listen to it a little bit in both directions in terms of like uh, criticizing the decisions and the choices of these like politically conservative characters within its universe and and exploring the ideas like those that Monica is presenting to a classroom, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think the Monica stuff is 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 good. I think it's, uh, you know, it's a little like there's not a ton of momentum here. Uh, nope. I think that like nope. I appreciate it being in here, um, but I don't know that it's like moving the plot super forward other than, you know, showing us that Monica is sort of moving forward and Casey is sort of reverting backwards to a de to a degree um yep. so i've been yeah. pretty hard on tate but i want to give tate some props this is like my, my favorite tate episode maybe i do love like i always love the kids stopping yeah, yeah it's good yeah, yeah. it's good yeah mm -hmm. stop arguing stop yelling at each other it like really works for me uh and like monica's affirmation of the physical therapist of like listen man i'm married that feels a little bit to me like okay we getting like a clear yeah. point of delineation of like while she is pulling away from him emotionally she is still tethered to this relationship and what her father said kind of like resonates with her a little bit. Um, this is absolutely the worst ending to any episode though is, is, is the episode two. Like, in yeah, Monica pool. being yeah, like pool, dead and he like looks and he sees Monica and then it's just like his face. It's really bad. It's yeah. not good at all. No, it's very cheesy. I thought like Kevin Costner blindly swimming through the <laughs> pool filled with people also was like a bit ridiculous. And he just know? stares like, at Monica. Why is he going yeah. that way? Why is he doing this, man? I don't know. You gotta swim your lap somewhere else, bud. And then it's like dead. It's 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 like yeah, there had to be something stronger for the end of this episode. No, very, very cheesy. I think that we end up with like a much better ending to the episode three. I'd really do think it's strong, like coming out of the dinner table, especially after that analogy that you note from a couple of weeks ago, of like, or from season one, even of like, it's just about making sure the table's there and anybody can come and sit. Um, anything else that we didn't get into that you want to, that you want to dive into, Grace? Have, we, have I overlooked anything of importance? No, I don't think so. There's a lot. I mean, obviously, we probably missed some stuff because we're going to do we did two episodes this week. Um, I, Casey, like all this stuff that's going to go into like the work he has to do. Uh, seemingly, they've like expunged anything on his record. Right. I yes. Thought, so yes. Just showcasing John's power, I thought was really good. Um no, I think there's a lot here. I I I I did enjoy them. I'm enjoying the the show. Um. So yeah, I think well presumably always miss stuff but yeah yeah we'll be back again talking about it next week i do think the casey stuff some of what i really liked about it is again we're exploring systems that are much less familiar to a lot of people in the country to a lot of the audience the notion of like what is a livestock agent just the clarification that you get from john of like no you're you need to go to the police academy this is like a yeah. law these are yeah. legitimate law enforcement officers right and right. while it is an agency of like uh, federal law enforcement that a lot of people in the metropolitan world wouldn't be 
familiar with, it is still very real. They they can like arrest you and, and pursue legal recourse in all those same ways and fire their weapon in the line of duty, right? So for a guy that's killed a lot of people, getting a badge and a gun officially feels like an implication, certainly. Mm. Um yeah so we'll be back next week we'll be talking about episode four grace until then what do you got going on where can people find you lots of stuff uh ariel and i are talking the morning show as well as movies each week on push recaps theater this week we're gonna be talking priscilla um we're also talking tales from the loop with you and uh you joined uh, the two of you joined me for full spoiler recaps this week Ooh. as we talked about all the light we cannot see um a new netflix drama four-part uh series over there with our friend lewis hoffman from from dark so um yeah i think that's everything i'm doing i have lots coming up uh next month but uh yeah for now you can follow me on social media at high from grace excellent i'm at dm philly in all the places you can hit me up on twitter my dms are open stream and uh, over on Twitch when I can VODs over on YouTube I'm going to be talking about Beacon 23 a new show coming up over on MGM Plus with Corey B and myself Prez and I wrapping up The Winter King will be uh, concluding soon all the stuff that you mentioned Grace but we'll be back next week until then just don't buy any strange ingredients for your old acquaintances at the Ag Store Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.